A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to The Confidence Show. Before I share with you the wonderful interview I did with my friend Jade Foster-Jarrett, that's coming up very shortly, I just wanted to remind you that we will be announcing all the details for our self-first retreat happening in January 2023. We're going to be announcing all the details to the waitlist only on Friday the 11th of November at 11.11am. So if you are interested in coming to a cosy, magical, inspiring retreat and you want to start your year reflecting on what's working well for you, rewriting your rules, redefining what success means to you and choosing to put yourself first so that you can show up as your best in your business, then we would love to have you there. There are just going to be seven spaces available. I think initially when Dara and I were marketing the retreat, we said that there would be 10 spaces, but due to the venue that we have finalised and that we have chosen, there will just be seven spaces available. So if you are interested in coming to that retreat, all the information is going to be shared with the waitlist on Friday the 11th and those on the waitlist will also have priority booking so from the 11th you'll be able to save your space one of just seven spaces we would love to see you there if that sounds like something you would enjoy or if you're just a bit nosy and you want to know what's going down at the retreat then get on the waitlist and all will be revealed tomorrow right let's get stuck into this incredible interview the interview is in two parts because it was another long one so listen to part one now and if you enjoy what you heard, which I no doubt am sure you will, then come back for part two, where Jade will be sharing even more valuable tips for how to feel confident being yourself on social media. You're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Hello 
welcome back to The Confidence Show with me, Rebecca Hawks. I'm so happy to have you here. And today I am delighted to have another wonderful guest with us. I'm going to introduce you to Jade. Jade is a social media trainer for the party industry and full-time children's entertainer. Jade has become a great friend of mine since we met at a co-working space where she was giving a presentation on how to use Instagram back in 2019. And a fun fact for you, Jade has been to Ibiza 22 times. Welcome, Jade. It's so lovely to have you here. <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that fun fact. <laughs> in my little, yeah. yeah, in the little um, questionnaire that I sent to the guests, I'm like, do you want to include a fun fact? And I read this and I was like, my God, 22 times. How has that even happened? <laughs> oh, you know what? It just, it stems from my childhood, Rebecca. <laughs> um, it was my mum. She just embedded it, the island in me, I think. And it's one of those things that once you go, you know you want to go back. Um, I haven't actually been for about 10 years, but I'm working on going back again. It's just uh, it's just a beautiful island. But whenever I tell people I've been 22 times, they just they just gasp and just like, what, why? <laughs> Do you go clubbing? And I'm like, no, it's not even for the clubbing scene. It's just such a beautiful island. It's like in my heart. So Aww. yeah, whilst other people have Disney World, I've got Ibiza. <laughs> oh, I imagine Disney World to be your thing. <laughs> oh my God yeah it is yeah I just never got the opportunity to really go like I've been to Paris um but uh yeah again I'm working on the children so yeah yeah oh, that's I've um I've never been and I really want to go but when you said about it that that was going to be my other question like is it clubbing because how on earth do you survive that week? oh no oh no I have done it like don't get me wrong it's a kind of a rite of passage when you're there um but at the same time it wasn't really something that I went for or did like I just went for yeah the beautiful sunsets the beaches the people like it's it's just it's just like a beautiful island and yeah obviously if I was going since I think it was from the age of three or four you learn to speak the language and you just yeah I've made some amazing friends friends for life and then we just kept going back every single year and people used to say to my mum, well, you know, there are other places in the world. Why don't you take them to see the world? And she just was just like, yeah, I know there are other places, but this is our, it's like a second home. And I think my calling in life should have been actually to be an entertainer out there. It's kind of, because it was so embedded in me, I think I should have stayed out there and built an entertainment business out there. Although obviously it's changed a lot, but it's kind of what got me started in the entertainment industry. Oh, that's so cool. So it, it's kind of grown up with you then, this whole idea of being in the entertainment industry. And that was going to be my next question. Like, when did you decide to become a children's entertainer and why? Why was that something that you really wanted to do? Well, you know what? It was It was probably, it wasn't, I think when you're younger, at our age as well, like people were like, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer was a hairdresser. Um, then it was an air hostess. I've got again, this comes from my beefers. I've got a real love for travel and planes, and I'm a bit of a plane geek. And airport, at the airport's the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> if I've been to an airport at least 44 times. <laughs> um, but so I would give sort of that response, and it kind of never went that right way. I actually did work experiences uh, in a hairdresser's, and it put me off for life. <laughs> um, I think I'd obviously just chose the wrong place, but. The love of entertainment, my dad worked in the entertainment industry, he was a DJ for 40, I could be 50 years, um, so I always grew up in that world of, yeah, going going to watch him do his pop quizzes and um, watching him DJ, and I was always that kid that would 
um, go up on stage, push everyone else out of the way. But I had no, like, I'm not going to sit here again. I had drama experience or I can't sing to save my life. Um, I'd like to think I can dance, but I can't, you know. So I had none of that. But I was, I did have the confidence to go on stage and maybe be a bit of a show off. Um, but I had nothing really to show off, I don't think. So I would always volunteer. And, you know, if my dad was at a club and back then kids were allowed to go and go to the clubs and uh, sort of watch, watch your dad DJ, I would just kind of want to get involved and say, how can I help? And I'd take requests from people. And um, I don't know, when he was at his quizzes, I would hand out quiz sheets and do the marking and things like that. And I kind of always wanted to be involved, but it wasn't until I had my second son that, um something sort of clicked in me when I was pregnant with him I was like reading books on setting up a business and entertainment and I'd worked for McDonald's for like four years when I was younger and worked my way up to management and that also included being party host so again like I volunteered myself to be I'll be the party host I could do the hokey cokey like how hard can it be and they gave you like four um primary color face paints it was like snazzle or something and a book to copy from and you would just like paint a batman on and a and a rubbish cat <laughs> um and i and i it sort of took me back to that and i was like well hold on i've done the party host thing before can i do it by myself um this was 10 years ago and literally a month after i had my second child i set up and did a party um alongside my husband who uh is a dj it's, he doesn't do it full time but he's a dj and um, it's, it runs in the family and um, he came along and set up his disco gear and I was hosting I was really rubbish but I just thought you know this is what I want to do this is this is like this is my calling like I should have done this I should have stayed in Ibiza um, and I should have um, yeah become an entertainer out there really but you know it's never too late but I did it no that's so incredible and oh my god one month after having the baby and you were like, oh, yeah, let's let's do this event. We'll do it. I'll, in, I'll host. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Like, and you can see I still got like the baby weight on and I put on like, um, I've got like loads of fancy dress clothes because I just love dressing up. And uh, I had like a top hat and I had this like tutu. It was like a black tutu. It was like a Halloween tutu. I don't know what I was thinking. And I just put on some leggings and the brightest cardigan. It was like a mustard cardigan. And off I went. Um, and I mean, it was hard work because I was bouncing around, but I was still like having my, my baby weight and obviously still recovering from the birth and things like that. And I don't know, I, I was just, I don't know what I was thinking, but like, thank God I did, because I think maybe if I hadn't done it, then I might ne have never have done it, you know, with the encouragement of my husband and obviously some mums at my other son's school, they were um, in the playground and they were saying, oh, does anyone know any entertainers? And I just happened to say, oh, my husband's a DJ, he can do the music for you. And they were like, oh, okay. And they said to me, why don't you come along and host it? And I think I must have said to them, because I used to work in the nursery there as well. I've got a background in um, nursery assistant. And um, they just said, well, come along and host it. The kids all know you. And, um, you know, off you go. And then I, I remember being like overly professional. I went round the woman's house and set up this like a hundred song playlist with her, which was not necessary, by the way. Um, all her kids' favourite songs, her favourite songs, all the games we were going to do. Um, and I, I was a leader, like I was able to control all the kids and lead them. But my my hosting work and my entertainment work was not quite there. Um, <laughs> as my husband kind of reminds me, it was like, you you didn't put the mic to your to your uh, 
to your mouth so the kids couldn't hear you and you said it was all a bit awkward and I don't know why I didn't just give up on the spot to be fair it's always good to have that constructive criticism isn't it <laughs> yeah thanks I did dump him not in life but uh, with the job <laughs> like a year later I was like I'm gonna go off and do it on my own now don't need you anymore I know no. <laughs> bless him oh that's amazing you must have to have so much energy I mean you're a very vibrant person anyway you're always full of life you're always so outgoing and you have this like vivacious like energy about you how do you keep that up because especially when you're entertaining kids like it must be exhausting to try and like keep their attention all that time where do you get your energy from I don't know Rebecca (laughs) I'm so tired um I don't know I think it's a natural thing I didn't realize that until a few years ago and when people at like booking started to say to me where'd you get your energy from like I didn't realize that that I needed to keep that energy up especially at the moment I'm getting like two or three bookings in a day and I I, I finish the first one and they go oh have you got any more today and I go yeah I've got two more and then it's sort of reality sets in and I go oh my gosh like how am I going to keep this up I think it's naturally in me like I love life and I love I don't know just being out there with other people I think I bounce off other people especially children um I suppose there's an element of being a child myself um but having that teacher element in me too so you're kind of controlling them and then just again it comes from my dad like the dad jokes and just being a wally and you know I'm comfortable with myself that people can laugh at me and with me you know that's not a problem obviously if it's in the the right context and if I'm thriving off that and the right audience is there, then you've you've got me at my, you know, my energy levels are going to be soaring, whether it's the third party or not in a day. Um, I do come home and I do just like power down mm. and I just like zonk. Um, and then my legs start to hurt and it all sort of kicks in. And as I'm getting older as well, I'm starting to notice things. And yeah, I'm tired, but I've got into a routine now where my show, um, you know, the kids are doing all the hard work really. Uh, I'm just the guide uh, so if I want to do I mean I do join in with things like the hokey pokey I don't believe in standing behind my equipment and getting them to do it mm-hmm. um, you know get involved get the audience up and if they're if they've got all the energy then I can suppress mine a little bit and just let them do it so I've kind of uh, got into a nice routine with the energy levels and obviously eating and drinking on the job uh, as well where I can just so I don't yeah power down too soon yeah absolutely so when you get home and you do kind of have that time to relax what's your like go-to like how do you kind of recharge and just chill from the day um I I kind of I sit in my little corner where I'm sitting now (laughs) um that's what I literally said to my husband yesterday actually that this is my happy place Mm. um I sat down and I don't know I I do catch up with a bit of social media that's kind of my like you know put, put yourself into your phone power down sort of thing whilst seeing what everyone else is up to and then you know food I'm all I'll always be hungry obviously the energy levels as well so I'll always like make sure my dinner is there if not on by the time I get home and then it's literally I'm just staring either at the telly or Netflix or I on the way home from a party I will put my music on really loudly and because I'm buzzing so I'm like I'm gonna put my music on you know no more hokey pokey you know let's put something that's you know right up my street sing along um so and then by the time I get home I mean my kids are older now so they're not too bothered that I've got to sit and then entertain them 
when they were younger, I used to feel really guilty that I wouldn't um, spend much time with them when I got home from a party. Sort of, I, they had me Monday to Friday, but the weekend they'd be with their dad. So they've got used to that now. So because people say, "Oh, then you go home, you've got to sort the kids out." I'm like, no, they're older now, so I, I, I really don't have to. Um, but I, I still, you know, I see my family. They know that I'm going to put my headphones on catch up with some Netflix until I fall asleep really nice it's good that your family understand and I I want to touch on that because so many people talk about um like binging Netflix is bad and scrolling on your phone is bad but actually some for some of us and for myself I include it I include myself in this as well that's how we recharge that's how we kind of unwind that's kind of how we decompress from the day and for me it's kind of how I re-regulate my nervous system if I've been very stressed it's how it's how I calm and yeah I think so many people make you feel guilty for doing that but actually they can be very good tools like the scrolling and the binging the Netflix or the watching telly they can be very good tools for helping um to relax us yeah and I think, I think, it's I think I've like yeah and I think I've got into a routine with it now like if I don't do that then what else I've got a really low boredom threshold as well so I have to be busy all the time even if I'm just sitting Mm. and and you know watching telly I will paint my nails or I'll um like I do scrapbooking on my phone or I'll um see it's the phone again I mean I used to cross stitch um a lot and I used to do crafts and like like uh, proper scrapbooking like sticking and pasting and I've all my life I've like just had those hobbies and people used to say to me well how do you fit everything in in life like you're always so busy you're always going out you're always working how do you get time to create this cross stitch that you've done and and I'm just one of those people that's like I make the time like that is for me I can still be a mum and have that hour to myself or you know I, I think also I think I've parented that way to teach them that this is my time you also need to go off and do your thing. You don't need to be around me all the time. Um, we do like come together and do other things. And it's just the way our life has fallen into place. So, you know, people that make you feel guilty for doing the things you love, it probably just means that they don't have it themselves or they don't have the time or they haven't made that time to do that. And, you know, I just, no one should begrudge you for that. I, I don't think, you know, I I need those things. And also I do believe that, everything within reason though so like obviously if I'm getting starting to get addicted we all get addicted to our phones I probably was addicted but I've kind of weaned off it now I know I'm bored of it anyway so I kind of like give myself maybe half an hour flick through my Instagram um I did jump on board with TikTok the last couple of weeks and gone down the rabbit hole but set that time on my phone and that's my time and then the rest is with my husband you know we'll binge watch something together and yeah doing whatever I normally read a book um and just yeah give myself that winding down time otherwise when I don't get that like the other day um I kind of blew up (laughs) really yeah so yeah I think it just depends on the person I love that so much and I think it's such a good thing that you're kind of sharing that with the kids and saying to them like you can have this time for you because so many of us watch our parents never get never have any time for ourselves and now I like my mum's always done the same like Sundays are her like quiet days so she might have a lazier day she might have naps in the afternoon and that's probably where my love of naps comes from <laughs> but I love that that that's always been 
instilled in me that it's okay to have those down times and I think I need them I know I need them like mentally it it serves me better so the fact that you're teaching that to your kids I think is so important and then as you say you have that family time where you come together um, and you and you spend that time together this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So you have been a children's entertainer, is it about six years? No, it's 10 now. 10 now? Oh my God. Yeah, it's, I know. But when I say that, I have to keep checking the diary because I'm like, is it 10? Yes, it's 10. Because obviously Matthew, my youngest, turned 10 last week. Oh and then God. I set up in October, a month later. Um, yeah, so it's 10 years. So 10 but... years. And you've, you've done that. And you've also done social media management. And now you're helping other, so, uh, other party entertainers with their social media. So what made you want to help the party industry specifically with their social media content I think just because it's something that um I really relied on with my party business social media got me through the 10 years basically and got me to where I am and then you know helping um I I did help other industries until I realized one like I woke up one day and I was just like hold on, why am I not helping my industry? And loads of people have said it beforehand, probably yourself as well, Rebecca, has said to me, you know, wouldn't it, have you thought about helping the party industry? And I would just brush it away because I don't think I was ready to. But, you know, I've, I've got so much experience and, you know, so many um, sort of case studies for myself to show the party industry that, you know, uh, this is what you need to be doing to help yourself grow. And, and also I realised that the party industry is a completely different industry to others in terms of their marketing. Obviously we do rely on like word of mouth, like massively, 
and I do as well but I wouldn't I mean you've got to be obviously good at what you do but I still don't think the word of mouth would come if I wasn't so heavy heavily marketing on social media um especially over the 10 years where it's changed so much um, I feel like we're in a bit of a lull at the moment but there's still you know you still need to market your business and just yeah one day I woke up and it clicked and I went right party industry needs my help I'm ready to go um come and get it sort of thing and using all my experience from both sort of businesses and work over the years to to give that information out and and I suppose earn another passive income for myself because obviously entertainment is weekends mostly I do do weekdays too but you know and I Mondays are my days for like um admin and you know catching up with correspondence and things like that and then what do you do for the rest of the week you know and this is you know I can obviously set up another business and do passive income, but the industry itself can be focusing on their marketing and their training and their learning and, and learning how to market and getting a routine with it. I mean, I don't really know what else they're doing <laughs> during, during that week. So why not? Yeah. Why not focus on your social media marketing? And you touch on the passive income thing. I think you were one of the first people to actually create something outside of entertaining wasn't it because you had your face painting course when you close up and you've created many different courses since and many different workshops so do you want to touch on a little bit about how you came to the decision to create those courses and how it impacted your party business in a positive way yeah I think um I think again it comes back to I was working weekends and just it was going well obviously pre-pandemic and I think I got to a level where my face painting was like I was confident with it because it, it, it takes you can't just get up and face paint and you, we're our own, own worst critic like it's being an artist artists always pick out you know the, the worst in themselves and you know over the years of face painting I was I was put down quite a lot actually so I had to rebuild my confidence and that comes from other face painters which is really sad um but I definitely got to that point where I was like, you know what, I can teach other people, other mums like myself to earn a little bit of pocket money um, to just, I'm not saying like you have to build up a massive face paint business and, you know, be fully booked every weekend. It wasn't about that. It was just giving them, you know, I'd had my son, I needed some extra money and I started with face painting and I thought, well, why can't I teach others to do that too? You know, I, I taught up to an intermediate level because that's where I was um and it was online so before pandemic so yeah I didn't realize I might be one of the first people to do that and the party industry the the face paint industry had courses where you physically go to them there's a face painting shop you could go to and they would do courses but I wanted to tap into mums that a can't travel or just wanted to do it online and I could do a bit like YouTube where you could show people how to face paint from beginning to end really um and that went down really well and and I also made contacts from that and some of the people that I trained um are some of my biggest competitors now but that's not a problem like I'm really (laughs) pleased for them um but we pass work onto each other as well there's so much more than just me earning the money it's like there was you know new contacts new networking new people that would remember me and book me for their own kids parties anyway and yeah it just opened up this whole other world of of passive income and training and other people really so um yeah it's something that I can pick up and put down 
as well whenever I want so like obviously the course is closed at the moment but there's nothing stopping me from launching it again adding new designs adding new bits to it keeping it fresh yeah and and um yeah you've inspired me to sort of pick it back up again really <laughs> oh no <laughs> give me another really idea really great. <laughs> whoops <laughs> um moving kind of back into the the marketing side of things and like helping other entertainers marketing their business you have um, spoken on your socials about people feeling like they have to wear a mask and keeping their personal life very separate from their business. But you yourself speak very openly about your experience with homelessness, being a single mom, experiencing emotional abuse. And in um, more recent times, the devastating loss of your dad to COVID talking about these human experiences hasn't impacted your business in the way that people might expect. Can you touch on how sharing your story can really help people connect with you and the positive effect it can have on your business? Yeah, I mean, people might be really shocked to hear that I've been so open about those things. You know, they are big life-changing and sometimes traumatic experiences and everybody has them unfortunately it's just we don't know about it and social media is really frightening to put yourself out there and talk about those things because we're all scared of the backlash the negativity that it might bring trolls you know there's always somebody that has an opinion on something but I just felt I, I, I think it was somebody that actually that I watched who also told their story and it kind of gave me permission to tell mine it was like because somebody else had said that they'd been through something traumatic it gave me yeah the permission to tell my story and you know why but why tell it like with your business like what what's that got to do with it but I think where I'm an entertainer it's a personal brand and I felt it was really important for my audience to get to know me and that, you know, it's not just a facade that I am a human being, I'm a mum. And it was kind of just without, you know, I didn't go into massive detail, but it was look, it was like telling my story and my journey and, you know, how I got from A to B or, you know, how did I get from being an entertainer? Like, why did you not do it when you were 20 or you started it when you were 30? And it's that, it's like, well, if people know how I got here it's more relatable and they'll I mean they'll either like me or they don't but obviously I wanted to tap into people that did and it's it's a conversational starter sometimes you know people have messaged me and said you know um you lost your dad you know we were there for the whole story it was really shocking at the time he was one of the first people to pass away in the pandemic and it it kind of brought reality to people that this was real and and then it's been a conversational starter, you know, I'm sorry about that, you know, I'm, I don't know how you cope, but we'd like to book you or anything like that. And even, even if it didn't lead into a sale, people stop me in the street and some people don't even know or can't put the name to the face and they're talking to me about things that have happened and especially things about emotional abuse, which is not many people or women or men talk about. Um, I've had lots of people reach out to me on social media and say my my daughter's going through this or they're going through it. I've had conversations on the phone with women, women mostly that have said, um, I'm in that situation now and I don't know what to do. And can you advise? And obviously it's not my place to advise, but I've been through it. And I think I would have wanted somebody like me back then or when I was going through everything to be able to relate as well. And again, going back to my business, 
it's just showing that I'm a human being and that it's not all happy. And as long as obviously I don't project that onto the children when I'm working, which I would never do, the parents have some idea of the trauma and might be a bit more, I don't know, human towards you perhaps, and not just see you as like churning out a booking after booking after booking. And they're not just a number. They, some people become friends. Uh, some people um, just get to know me that I've never met that pass work on to me. You know, there's all different reasons why why I, I do it. And I, I don't do it as often, but I'll occasionally I'll put up a story that's related. There'll always be a point to it. It won't just be like, you know, here, here, this is what I went through. It'll be, you know, it might be an anniversary. It might be a milestone. It might be why I'm feeling a bit icky that day or then people can sort of go oh okay yeah I understand you know she's not a robot um and also I'm not saying everybody's like me you know I'm happy to talk about things I don't have many boundaries I don't think I should have um but I just feel that humanity we're all about stories and it's how we talk to each other and it's how we can relate and it's how we find out that we don't have anything common with people and it's just a natural thing. So although doing it on social media can bring up a lot of, you know, things that people might not be comfortable with, it can be such a wonderful thing as well. I've definitely met um, people that have gone to train or talked about being so personable where they've said, I could never bring myself to tell this story, that story, how I got here. Somebody worked in a bank and she wasn't allowed to set up another business on the side. And she was like, so I can't market online. I'm not allowed to show my face because it'll, you know, yeah, it was, it was really tricky. You know, and I, you know, of course she didn't have to show her face to market her business, but how are you, how are people going to remember you and relate to you if you don't give, it's a kind of like a USP, I suppose. My USP is people getting to know me and, and liking me or not liking me and them basing their their service on on that purchase on on that person it's a bit like walking into a shop and if nobody gives you that customer service you're but you're going to walk straight back out again it's similar to that you know well I mean I do <laughs> you know I know I walk into a restaurant if they haven't acknowledged me within 30 seconds I'm like you know what I don't like this I'm going to walk back out again you know and it's similar on social media and especially in the party industry where it's quite saturated we kind of need to differentiate ourselves be between each other and one of the reasons I stand out as an entertainer is because I'm so open um and obviously I there's a bit of protection there with my children I try not to share names or I try not to show I mean they don't like me showing their photo anyway so I respect them for that but I, I tell I tell their story and I call them my eldest and my youngest but sometimes their name slips through but so you've still got to protect my children they do not want me to talk about them on social media and that's absolutely fine um but yeah while still trying to be a human being and running a business at the same time wow that's so interesting at what point did the boys come to you and say I don't want you to talk about me or I don't want you to share my name or share anything that's going on with me because I suppose you have to get to a certain age or a certain point in your life where you where you make that decision like how do you especially being younger you'd kind of I suppose I would just assume that the kids would want to be talked about because yeah I, I do assume yeah of course especially the youngest who's grown who doesn't know any difference mm -hmm. and has grown up 
with me being an entertainer. The eldest, who's six and a half years older than the younger one, um, I think it's more when his friends started to notice that I was on social media, they were on social media, and it started to affect him. Um, so we'd go into school and the kids would be on Instagram and see one of my stories and they would kind of use that to take the mickey, I suppose. And he started to feel embarrassed. And But even before then, he would say, you know, oh, you're so cringe. And, you know, I'd be, I don't know, before reels, I'd probably not be dancing <laughs> in front of the camera, but I'd be talking to it and showing glimpses of the school run or things like that. And then, he, you know, as he started to say, you're so cringe or you know, I'd start subconsciously, I'd start to realize that, oh, okay, he doesn't like that. So I'll do it when he's not in the room. And then, you know, I take photos of him, which I do for our photo albums and scrapbooks and things. But sometimes he'll, only the last couple of years, he started to say, he's, he's going to be 17 soon, but he started to say, um, oh, you're not putting that on Facebook, are you? And I've got, oh, yeah, I was going to. And he's like, no, please don't. So I don't, um, which does kind of, I find that really difficult not to do. But I do respect, you know, I have to respect his wishes. He's old enough to say, Mum, please stop putting that on social media. Whereas the youngest one, I don't think he cares at the moment. I mean, again, it might change as he goes into secondary school, but he knows that it's all part and parcel of what I do, I suppose. And yeah, you know, I don't want to embarrass my children, but I think that's part of being a parent. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like that's, that's just a rite of passage, isn't it? Like, it is. All parents it is. their kids yeah. at some point naturally embarrassing I don't even I only have to breathe with the eldest and he's like oh you're so embarrassing and I'm like just stop doing anything mate plus I've always been like this so <laughs> I'm gonna start changing for you but I think I did it with my parents and if my parents were on social media would I have minded no I wouldn't have minded but again I think it's a generational thing and also if it's affecting your school life um I don't want that for my children so yeah I mean I can still talk about things without involving them you know I still have a life without my kids too so yeah I can get around it I love that and I do think it's so important to have that life without the kids as well like oh yeah um, I think that's really good <laughs> yeah I mean, and with other children as well like <laughs> yeah but I, you know what for like parents at, at parties say to me you know how do you do this and and how like when you go home obviously you know entertain your children and I say I'm just one of those mums that I prefer entertaining everyone else's kids. I think that comes from working in the nursery as well. It's embedded in me. And I'm much more, I think, because I hand your kids back. <laughs> Whereas with my children, I'm a bit more regimented and I'm a bit more like, obviously, I bring them up a certain way and I would never tell another parent how to bring their kids up. But I have that entertainment control where, you know, your kids are there to have fun and it's all inclusive and we all want to be who we want to be, even if it's just for those two hours you know they might not get that at home you know I don't want to judge anybody but some kids might not get that and I have seen some parents that I think oh gosh let the kid I was face painting the other day and this dad the poor girl she was so sweet and I talk to them when I face paint I just say right close your eyes or I'm now painting you know the ears on or whatever it might be and this dad just kept saying keep still keep still she's telling you to keep still and I went I'm not telling her to keep still she's all right and they kept coming back saying, keep still. And I'm thinking, this poor girl, she's got two minutes in the chair with me. And I just want to experience her to experience this magical, mm. you know, wonderful thing that face painting is. And you're telling her <laughs> to keep still. So it's, it's those sort of things where obviously I'm not going to tell him how to parent, but my job is to let them be kids in that, mm. in that moment. 
and same with my children I suppose they get moments of you know I have to tell them off they're doing something wrong or they're not doing it how I want them to do it or and you know I need to to give them that break and it's just finding that balance of of yeah of being mum and yeah being an entertainer it's quite hard we do have a lot of fun but like I always say my husband is the fun one and I'm the serious one it's like well hold on how does that work am I serious but yeah I am I don't really want to sit and play with my kids so I <laughs> I suppose it's different when you're like an entertainer because one as you said you get to give them back but two you're getting paid for it as well so it's like well I'm oh, yeah something from this <laughs> yeah you know what there is that added bonus I forgot about that of course I get paid. I mean if someone paid me to bring my kids up then maybe it would be a different board game <laughs> yeah I suppose I get paid too so I've got uh yeah thanks <laughs> it's just thrown me I'm like oh yeah I forgot to get paid to look after other people's kids uh... Oh dear. Um, as you you've kind of touched on already, you're a huge advocate for standing out from the crowd yeah. and not trying to be like anyone else, which I really admire. And you talk a lot on your socials about how other entertainers all share the same kind of content. So, for example, it's always pictures of balloon towers or a fancy cake or I don't know the the same face painted or something, but they don't show themselves and their faces or let their audience know who we are. Why is it important for entertainers specifically, and well, to be honest, anyone with a biz, an online business really, to showcase who they are as well as what they do? And how do you yeah, get? I think, right? Yeah, I mean it's hard because obviously everyone's different, so I can't come along and just be like, "Well, you have to show your face, like it or not." Build that confidence up and or whatever it is, because it's not easy and. I was really shy as a young kid and my confidence probably actually came from being at McDonald's and at the time you had to like shout over the counter you know how many burgers you wanted mm. and they used to say to me Jade you need to shout it out and I used to go oh, okay and I had to build up that confidence like, okay any second now I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out I need four burgers and it was hot it was whole I still remember that and mm. um, but it was instilled in me and eventually I built my confidence and this person came out of me that I am today so I appreciate that not every everybody is like that and obviously you're all about confidence too um but I think it's so important for the party industry to stand out we're we're all doing balloon towers we're all doing uh cakes you know it's completely saturated there's so many entertainers mostly male actually but there's a lot of female entertainers too and especially as entertainers we we have to show we have a personality and we have to show what makes us different from you know Mr Custard down the road or something you know it's like that's all well and great and I don't claim to be a best magician and you have to book me because I am the best we're all saying that we're the best well so what like so what if we're the best you know it, the customers don't care if you're the best they just want to know that you can do the job that they're paying for and if you're then you know you can still talk about your USP especially when it comes to like balloon towers and these yeah there's lots of like all I can see is balloon if a, if a customer says to me I want someone that can create this balloon design I draw a blank because I can't remember anybody because mm. they all look the same so how are you going to not look the same and be different like how are you going to explain to your audience that that you they need to book you over the person that's down the road that does exactly the same thing as you like it's going to be really overwhelming for the customer as well and it turns out they might not book anything in the end because 
it's too overwhelming and it, mm. there's nobody that's that's different or standing out and then that, that's when they'll probably actually go for the cheapest one or mm. you know shop around and do a, a price comparison what you what and that's not a problem you know you, there's customers for every market but what you want is them to chuck the money at you and not even question it you want them to be like, just take my money. I want, I've been wanting you for eight, I get customers. So I've been wanting you for years and finally my kids are old enough, take my money. That is what you want. And you can do that by showing your face and you don't have to tell everybody that you've, what you've had for dinner or anything like that. But, you know, just be, you know, share your story or share that you've got kids or share that you're married and living that 10 miles down the road from them or whatever it might be or, share why you are priced that way or what it took for you to get there and where you want to go with it and because people want to be part of that journey and part of that story and they want to feel like well we were with you from the beginning you know and and I'll always remember that you started off small and we've helped you get to that you know that point you might have won an award or things like actually awards as well I can't I can't have won an award if my audience hadn't voted for me and mm. why did they vote for me half of them have never even seen me perform like it really blows my mind sometimes that someone will recommend me and I'll be like well they have no idea what I do in a show like and what but why why are they recommending me well partly word of mouth and partly because I've asked them to because they know they feel like they know me through social media through a screen you know and I think that's really really important and that's one of the reasons why I set up social media marketing is to try and get that that across. I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, guys, come on, like, stop doing the same thing as her down the road. Like, and it's very easy to do that because, as I say, I was really shy and then I had to talk to camera and then I had to be different. And then I had to be I wasn't at the same level as other face painters when I first started out. So how do I get there and how do I get people to book me? And it came. It was this whole big thing. It's quite overwhelming. I didn't just wake up and bam I'm talking to camera and bam I'm telling my story it was all like a natural progression over the years but you have to kind of know that it's going to take a long time for people to uh, listen to your story and understand you and then when they're ready to book they're, they're going to remember you over the other person might have just set up a few weeks ago and you like their you like their setup but you kind of feel affiliated with you because you've You've been through that journey and that story so yeah I, I find I find I'm really passionate about that and just have to find the right audience that feel the same passion as me but don't know how to get there I suppose I don't know if it's an industry thing like the party industry just needs to change slightly and be yeah be um standing out more I mm -hmm. think yeah yeah absolutely I mean you touched on how nerve-wracking it can be because obviously there's those fears of judgment, the fears of criticism. And you talked about having to, like you've had to build that confidence yourself. What did you do to build that confidence in yourself? Um, I think I, well, A, I had a passion for my business. I think if the passion isn't there, you're not then going to put yourself in a position where you need to push it. Mm. Um, so passion for business is one of them. Um, I really wanted to make a go of it because I wasn't like in the beginning, it was just a hobby, a bit of pocket money, as I said. And, and then I, I wanted to quit because I was getting all these horrible, like, like customers that just didn't appreciate what I did. And, 
and it was in that moment that I clicked and I was just like right I'm gonna have to put myself out there but I'm petr like petrified and I think a I, I sort of went on a, a training course for marketing itself and then the second thing I did was because video wasn't as dominant then but it was it was starting to be I thought the only way I can stand out is to do video because no one else is doing it um but that came with oh my gosh the nerves I still feel them like now I don't even think about it but um I still look at back at some of my lives my first lives on Facebook or some of my first stories and the 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 phone camera is like under my chin <laughs> you can see all my chins and I've got like this monotone I suppose newsreader voice where it's like I put it on it was really bizarre <laughs> so but I I would just practice so I wouldn't post those videos like in the beginning I would just be like hello you know I'd be talking to the camera like hello it's Jade here um and then I sort of just built up that confidence and then I would post it when I felt confident um but I the beauty of it is I wouldn't look look back at it because then you're pointing out things that you think also other people can see like your spots that day or you know I don't know the way you speak nobody likes the sound of their own voice anyway um and I just started you know you, you end up pointing those things out and then if you're going to be pointing those things out you're not going to post again you're going to be like oh no gosh it was horrible and I'm I don't ever want to do it again but I think the more I posted and ghosted myself <laughs> uh, posted pull it out there I was getting the information across the more things started to change my confidence got better my voice became more natural um I I would hold the camera more upwards, uh, just little things that I might have noticed. I also watched other people and how they would do their lives so that I could kind of imitate, not the content, but just the way they were until I started to find my own voice and find that I could come into the camera and be like, hello, it's me, rather than hi, it's Jade, you know, and also having that starting point of knowing what you're going to say so if you're just going to like hit the record button and be like oh gosh oh what do I say hello and I don't really know why I'm on here but I feel like I have to go on here you know it's that you're going to lose your trail of thought so I had like prompts to build my confidence up and it was it would start with hello it's Jade here you know I'm literally just introducing myself easy peasy um and then maybe explaining what I'm going to talk about today I'm going to talk to you about the da 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 and off I go and maybe just some bullet points because I do go off on a tangent to rein it back in um and um and then keeping it short and sweet you know and mum like no mumbling you know but if you say um a lot which I do in my podcast oh my gosh when I'm editing my podcast like um um like I just edited every um out I didn't realize how often I said it I've probably done it today um doing it now see you know you just have to be natural and not pinpoint things because people only care about what you have to say and not what you look like or how you're saying it um yeah so just the confidence thing just came with time and maybe a little bit of help from you too <laughs> your podcast <laughs> I think that's such good advice like not watching things back because I used to be exactly the same like I used to when I was social media managing I used to tell all my clients, you've got to be on video, you've got to put yourself on, like, you've got to put your face online, you've got to go on lives. And I wouldn't do it myself, because I was always so scared of actually doing that. And the same, like, I could not stand the sound of my voice. It was like a massive hang up that I had, because 
like I'd always had my voice taking the mick out of like saying it's all squeaky or it's this or that or whatever so it was always something I was so self-conscious about now listen to myself all day I don't really care (laughs) (laughs) like having to edit all the podcasts having to edit videos I don't care anymore and I do think that that confidence comes from taking action and comes from practicing and just doing it and saying you know what this is this is better than nothing Um, yeah it's the same with my podcast because I only um set up my podcast earlier this year so that's like two years into my business and honestly when I got in front of that microphone it was it was like the beginning of when I tried to do videos it was like I I reverted back into old Jade and I was like oh my and my husband was standing over me because he was uh helping me with all the audio he he was just like speaking to the mic I was like oh my god I I really can't do this and you're standing there watching me and I can hear myself in the headphone and he was like what's wrong with you you should be used to this I was like no it's completely different I was like because I can hear myself and there's no camera to sort of like talk to so I have to kind of be a different way and again that took I think I must have recorded my first episode like another five times until I got back to that point of of going okay now I'm ready to record properly it was it was and I don't know if it's because it was a different format um and it wasn't video so with video like like we say we can just sit in front of it listen to myself all day you know um but the podcast I don't know I just I, I it was a completely different format you kind of got to talk a bit differently I don't know it was really really weird so I had again confidence issues mm-hmm. and I had to just remember what I did in the beginning you know practice before you go on uh, if you make a mistake my husband said you can edit it out which kind of helped as well so oh, yeah okay I can edit okay fine um which helped me with my editing skills as well so you never know like com- the confidence as you grow leads you to new skills and new ways of being or new things that you may have never wanted to achieve so um yeah I got over it and recorded 13 episodes <laughs> and it actually I've probably done it the wrong way around I probably because I did it on my own to start with and then I invited guests on similar to yourself me personally I wish I'd done it the other way around and had guests on first to build that confidence up because then I could like bounce off of them and then go on and do episodes on my own so I kind of probably did it the wrong way around for me but yeah I had to build that confidence back up and I probably will have to build it back up again when I go back and do series three for it so you know it's just because if you don't keep practicing it you're gonna sort of revert backwards like I did yeah I know that feeling I um was kind of the same in the beginning like I don't remember being nervous about doing the podcast but listening back to some of the earlier episodes now I'm just like oh my god it sounds so cringy (laughs) (laughs) we all have to start somewhere though I know and I used to I used to edit out every like long pause every time I breathed in every um now I'm just like nope people can listen to that one second pause it's gonna be fine <laughs> yeah, I think we think too hard about it yeah like that's what makes it more human I like to think that the podcast is really conversational so it's more like if I was sat in a room having a chat with someone I would say um a lot I would breathe a lot like it's just what happens. I've never noticed you breathing a lot so don't worry about it <laughs> but it's true it's um I think we think too hard and yeah, I think it's it's good therapy for me to look back on some of my lives or my earlier podcasts or my earlier stories so I can A, see how far I've come in confidence and grown um, and B, to, to not continue to, to do those things that I think are mistakes. But it doesn't matter. It got the message, it got the message out. 
you know and you have to start somewhere otherwise you're never going to progress and and I tell myself that a lot because like, come on Jade you gotta you gotta start somewhere stop trying I'm a bit of a perfectionist so I'm like you know I want to be where I was you know three years ago yesterday and it's like well it doesn't work like that you know you have to kind of work on it so as you know so yeah it's a sort of work in progress I think absolutely absolutely we hope you are enjoying the interview so far be sure to come back for part two which you can listen to straight away or add it to your queue so that you don't forget to come back and hear all the incredible information that jade has got left to share see you in part two thanks for listening to the confidence show with me rebecca hawks if you enjoyed this episode please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on itunes This will help the podcast reach more people, which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.